This is the Family Culture Project, Episode 73. The impact of music on your family's culture with Brendan Parker and Eric Alexander of Spaghetti Eddie. We're Carl and Kimberly Amici, and we're here to help you live a life of purpose with the ones you love. And become the family you were meant to be. The positive effects of music on human well-being has long been acknowledged. Music is all around us. It plays a big role in how we think and how we feel. The way we choose to engage with it has an impact on our family's culture as well. Carl, I'd love to hear about the role that music played in your house growing up. Like, what did you listen to? What did your parents listen to? What was it like? So growing up in our house, there was a lot of big band type music because my dad loved to dance. And my dad would actually just go out on his own and dance, believe it or not. If my mom wasn't up for it, he would go out and find a partner and do some jitterbug. Um, he was a great dancer, and he just loved music. So big band um, times, you, you think about the Rat Pack of um, Sammy Davis, Frank Sinatra, of course. There's also Louis Prima, who I, lo- who I actually really listen to today as well. Um, does, that's the kind of music that was playing in my house growing up that dates me a little bit I think you were your parents were was a little bit younger than mine and I think you probably had the next genre that came after that so when when did they listen to music like what how often was it, did you listen to it at home yeah definitely we would definitely listen to the Frank Sinatra the big band music at home it wasn't consistent it was uh, sometimes it was when other people were over but once in a while my dad would break out into like showing his stuff at home and break out some of the big band music and, and do a little bit of jitterbug on the rug in, in the living room. So, um, but it, it was, I don't think it was a consistent theme. It's not like they had Sonos back then. So you really had to like make an effort to put your, your, uh, you know, what are the, the record the record? Yeah. The record <laughs> on the record player to do it. So it was kind of an effort to go out and, and play some music. I remember my parents loved Motown, and so my mom played lots of Four Tops, Temptations, The Supremes, and I can just remember her playing it what felt like all the time. I feel like it was the soundtrack to my childhood. Um, It just was very characteristic of being at home. Uh, My dad was a musician, and even though I don't really remember him playing too much music at home, I remember him playing music at special events like family reunions and concerts and stuff when we would go back to where he grew up so that was kind of really neat to see like real live music being made that was a part of my culture growing up because it was pretty consistent that we visited um, my grandparents but yeah it was something that I think was very prevalent and then I can remember When I was younger, definitely having records and playing the same songs over and over and over again. So I I wonder, I mean, so you had all that influence. How much of that do you actually take with you today in, in, in what you think you like to listen to now? Well, I think that um, I went on to love hip-hop and rap. I went through like a Michael Jackson phase. And I think that all comes from the roots of... Motown and being exposed to that kind of music. My parents weren't like, you know, top 40 people, although I think more in my teenage years, they started listening to that. My mom did listen to a bit of contemporary Christian music. So there was a little bit of like that going on in the car. But I definitely think that I was influenced and in my music choices. 
Yeah, no, I, I used to listen to hard rock, which would be, you know, ACDC, Pink Floyd, um, and some of these these bands. But I got into the softer, I guess, side of things, like Genesis and Phil Collins as well. But I, I always take with me the fact that that music my dad used to play, I I still like it to this day. So there's there's that, that, that music, I think it's the thought not only around the music, but just him dancing to that music yeah. and, the, and the movement that comes along with the music. That really sticks with me today. I enjoy I enjoy that music today. Yeah, Where, I think nostalgia. I mean, like when I listen to music that my parents played, I don't I don't ever put it on on purpose. But when I listen to it, like I perk up and I take notice and I say, oh, I know this song. Like yeah. it, it triggers something in me that feels like safe and it feels like home and it feels like, yeah, my childhood. Yeah, the funny thing about that is, is I like different kind of music than the whole old 80s rock that, that I used to listen to. But I still listen to the music my dad mm-hmm. liked, right? So it's, it's 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 funny how I don't listen to some of that 80s music, but I do listen to what my, my parents were listening to most of the time. Mm-hmm. And I've definitely noticed that my music tastes have changed based on my surroundings and what my like immediate culture at the time is. Like, so for example, when I was in high school, I grew up in Long Island. So like club music and dance music was really popular. I think that when I talk to people who live in a different location than I did growing up, they might be like, I never heard music like that. So I tended definitely to like whatever I was surrounded by. Um, And then I went to college and then eventually um, lived in Atlanta by myself. And people were listening to country music, believe it or not, when I was at Syracuse. Probably not my friends in college, but like the town at large, I had a job off campus. And so I started to get those influences as well. And I definitely gravitated towards them and embraced them. And so I'm very much aware of how much my surrounding culture and my surrounding influences plays a part in what I listen to and what I like. Yeah, you're right. Anytime we're down south, we definitely turn on the country music, right? There's just something about being down there and being in that influence in that area that makes you want to listen to country music because country music is a lot of fun, but you kind of forget about it when you're up here because mm-hmm. nobody really listens to it that much. Right. Nobody's talking about it. Nobody's, nobody's, nobody's about telling it, yeah. you about new songs unless you really, really follow Unless people. you're a diehard fan. With yeah. Some, yeah, you're right. And so the amazing thing about music is that you can definitely use it to shape the culture of your home. I mean, think about it can become background music. It could be the music you choose to listen to on purpose. It's the music you listen to in the car. Um, And so I think it's a really powerful tool that we can use and the ability to choose what we want our family to listen to, I think can go a really, really long way into shaping their experience. Yeah, definitely. The, um, you know, for our kids, we were very intentional and not listening to our favorite old music, you know, rock music songs out of the 80s, but listening to kid music. Um, Lori Berkner was one, I remember, Veggie Tales type music. Um, and that music I actually wound up really enjoying. And I think it was the purposeful, the, the purpose of that was that we didn't want to feed our kids the words and have them, because remember this music, you, you remember very, very long time and it kind of impacts you. Um, so I just, you know, being very purposeful around what we would listen to, what we didn't listen to, I thought was an important part of. Um, what we were doing as a family in the younger ages. Yeah, because we didn't want our kids to be singing lyrics and music that we felt was inappropriate for their age. Um, I didn't want my 
toddler singing about sex because I listen to Top 40 every day on the way to school <laughs> or play group Absolutely. or play dates. Um, and I mean, our kids listen to the radio now. They're older. They're teenagers. They choose the music they want to listen to. We also still are very thoughtful about what we put on when we're on road trips and in the car together. Um, but just be mindful of what you play and, and is it age appropriate and what is it teaching them and how is it impacting them and is this what we want them to be singing? Um, it's okay to make those decisions on purpose and say this is the kind of atmosphere I want to create instead. Absolutely. Words are powerful, so you have to be careful. There are a ton of benefits to surrounding yourself with music. And so one of them is that it teaches us language and helps us to memorize things. So I did look up a couple fun facts about music, and here they are. Um, I found out that research reveals that strong connections between rhythm skills and pre-reading abilities in toddlers. So that's really interesting, like the, the just the ability to have rhythm and to recognize cadence and to recognize... Um, you know, beats and timing really helps toddlers when it comes to learning to read. Um, also, infants recognize the melody of a song long before they understand words. How many of you guys experience that with your infants where you put music on and your baby perks up and they know like the next thing that's going to happen because you've created this pattern of introducing music? It's also the nursery rhymes, too. If you remember some mm-hmm. of the books we would read, it has a flow, and it's almost like a song. And you can – some of these stories were um, um, the good the good night book, right? It, it has, like, a flow with your voice. So mm-hmm. when you're reading it, the kid, it's, 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 it's just like music. When I mm-hmm. would read it over and over again, there's that flow and the rhythm of my mm-hmm. voice and the tone. Mm-hmm. And, ha- and I remember that book to this day. I read yeah. it for all three kids. But I remember that book to this day because of that. Yeah. And it's a, I also found out that toddlers love to dance and move to music, which shouldn't be a surprise. Um, the key to toddler music is the repetition of songs, which encourages the use of words and memorization. I mean, how many of us can still sing, like, the ABC song? That's how we learned our ABCs. Um, and sometimes when I'm doing, like, alphabetical order, I'm like, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Like, I'm singing in my head the song in yeah. order to alphabetize the files in my office. Um, I can't, you know, there's so, there's so many other songs. There's so many other facts that we have put to songs so that we remember them. And we see this in toddlers and really throughout our whole education. I guarantee you my high school. days as September, April, June, and November. Well, that's not really a song, right, but well, it's yeah. a rhythm. <laughs> I still use that when I'm trying to figure out how many days there are. Yeah. (laughs) It also connects us to each other. So VeggieTales is a good example in our family where we used to not only watch the VeggieTale, I don't want to call them movies, videos, and and but but also the reverse VeggieTales CDs. So we were listening to VeggieTales songs. But VeggieTales songs are so catchy and so funny. And that we all enjoy them as a family. So even to this day, if we hear a VeggieTales song come on, we immediately all kick in and start singing. And it kind of sounds goofy, but the reality is is that there's a strong connection mm-hmm. with uh, music that you can you can have within your family. And I, I remember some of the kids that we would have over a lot, and we watch VeggieTales. Once in a while, when they're hanging out with those friends again, they start singing some of the VeggieTales songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And we see this sort of connection in like a school fight song, or for me, our our sorority song. Actually, someone just posted a YouTube video of our sorority song, and the comments were like crazy. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, I just heard this the other day. This is so amazing. Like just hitting play and listening to that melody and those lyrics again, and remembering the times when we were like arm in arm singing this during like rush and, dur- and during different events. Like it connects you. It, 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 it connects you to the people that you once were a big part of your life, and then it connects you the people that are still in your life and so it's that same sort of concept where it creates shared experience and shared connectivity yeah the funny thing about connection is it goes both ways to the good times which is what you typically Mm -hmm. remember and all also the bad times and sometimes maybe people even use music to kind of take them back to a place because maybe that was just a happy time in their life Mm -hmm. and that's why they're listening so i think a lot of people listen to some of the 80s music because they had so much fun during that time whereas i guess i don't listen to it because i i actually i have a hard time with the nostalgia of of certain songs and Mm -hmm. and just that's why that's one of the reasons i choose not to listen to them Well, I mean, think about it. How many how many people remember like the song that they sang when their boyfriend broke up with them, and that was that summer song. That like, I, <laughs> I think girls. Yeah. That's a girl thing. No, I <laughs> <laughs> no, but I hear you. Music also impacts the experience that we have. So recently we had friends over to make pasta. We learned to make pasta when we were on vacation last summer and we played Italian music in the background because it just enhanced the experience that we're having. And our friends even noticed, they're like, is this this Italian music? Like it just brings another level to the experience that, that you're having. Yeah, absolutely. Whether it's sporting events, and they're playing some old ACDC song or there's something they're playing. We are the champions, um, you know, to rev up the crowd, to rev up the crowd. You know, music is music helps transform the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And I, too, think it transforms your mundane tasks. So I can remember my mom playing music when she would do household chores which I forget to do sometimes when I'm doing something that's I sort of a drag. I hate when I forget to do that. Absolutely. <laughs> we have but, Sonos and we don't listen to it sometimes. And I'm like, ah, oh, darn, we should yeah. have been listening to the music the whole time. Yeah. And one of my fondest memories of high school art class is listening to James Brown. My teacher used to put the music on. And I, I kid you not, like you'd walk into the classroom and you would sort of see all of us drawing and just kind of like moving back and forth in our seat and bopping our heads as we're drawing. And so every time I listen to a James Brown song, I I think of art class and I think of like how it made the time go so fast and how it made this this tedious but enjoyable task even even better. So well, music also helps how we celebrate. So whether it's a birthday, um, and when a wedding's a good example because everybody remembers their wedding song, um, but it always brings you back. I mean, um, music is one of those things that can um, enhance a celebration because you're playing something kind of re- relevant to that celebration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can you imagine having your birthday without singing Happy Birthday? I mean, it's like the signature song that marks like Happy the birthday. blowing <laughs> of the candle. Yeah, it, it's important to celebrations. Victory victory marches and victory celebrations. There's often music with the sports team wins the wins the championship. I mean, it's all Yeah, it's like all how fun. your like how your parents will call no matter what happens. We'll call and sing happy birthday. They won't just send the happy birthday text like I yeah. do. They actually sing it, so it's, yeah. you know. and they'll call and sing happy anniversary. I mean, they'll do everything. Anything they could possibly <laughs> put to music, they will. <laughs> You know, and music also shapes the way we view ourselves and others. And so the lyrics that we listen to over and over again definitely shape the way we think 
Because if you think something, if you sing something over and over again, it will eventually change what you think about it. Uh, One example of this is worship music. We listen to worship music in church, um, not because it's Christian karaoke, but because it changes our perspective and it puts us into a posture of um, humility and it's just a way that we connect with God. And so it it has so much power in it. And I want to talk a little bit about how the language is really important because I think you just like you have to be purposeful in life and, and family culture is all about being purposeful and it includes your music and your music choices. Um, so if you're singing about um, something really bad or raunchy or, or that and that's getting poured into your, not only yourself but your kids, you know, we kind of stay away from that um, because that's that's something we don't want to have impact our culture in a bad way, right? Just like many things with culture, incorporating what's important to you, and in this case, music, can be done with intention. And I would say the first thing that I would consider when wanting to use music as a culture builder is to figure out what kind of experience do you want to create in your home and what does that look like? And like, there was a time when I used to play a lot of jazz music in the evening because I just needed something to sort of like soothe my soul. And I really liked having that sort of atmosphere for my kids at that time of day. Um, I sometimes will do worship music in the morning so that when my kids get up and when I get up, we, we have a fresh outlook and perspective on the day. So it's, it's like not only thinking about the kind of music you want, but really thinking about the kind of experience you want and then pairing the two together. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the um, I was just thinking about how when we run, and when we get when we're running, we like to run to a beat that's upbeat, right? Not mm-hmm. not music that's you know down or whatever. You want something that actually gets you going a little faster. Mm-hmm. And so, how important that is to have the right music to run to, because then mm-hmm. how much better are you running that day if you're mm-hmm. if you're running to a good group of music, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And your go-to music in the morning could be something that's upbeat, like you just talked about. I remember in college before we used to go out in the evenings, we'd play like upbeat, positive, like get us going music, even on the nights we didn't want to go out. And so once you figure out what kind of experience you want to create with your family around music, figure out how that you can make that happen. For example, what kind of equipment do you need? Do you need, um, for us, it was important when we did our renovation to get music speakers around the house so that we can turn the music on whenever we want to? Um, Is it a a music subscription that makes the music you want to listen to accessible? And also something to consider is um, kids' choice. How do you get the kids involved in choosing music? Who gets to choose it when? Yeah, absolutely. I think that today, more so than ever, um, it's so easy to play music. No one buys CDs anymore. They just have the services, and and the, the Sonos has been great for us. Um, so it really helps facilitate being able to incorporate music, at, you know, throughout your day and just mm-hmm. and, and make it easy. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm pulling out the old record out of the sleeve, sticking it on the turntable <laughs> and trying to get it to work right, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. All right. So this week's guests, Brendan and Eric, they create music that the whole family can sing along to. They are known as Spaghetti Eddie. But on this track, this album, they're doing something different. So they previously released albums that talk about everyday experiences like waking up, brushing your teeth, and playing with forts. But this new album, they created music that was Bible-inspired under the name 
Parker, and Alexander. Yeah, I got a chance to listen to a little bit of their their latest album. It's pretty good. Uh, the one that stuck out to me the most that that hit me hit me the most is a as a catchy tune that I'd like to remember is the Lord's Prayer. Believe it or not, that's mm-hmm. a, that one to put to music the way they did it is is one of those ones that can can. Well, you know, the Lord's Prayer is kind of, you know, repeated a lot and and it's kind of easy to remember, but putting it to the music, I think just adds that extra kick to it. It's mm-hmm. really it's a really cool song. Yeah. I think all the lyrics on the album are clever and it's not cheesy music. It's not your cheesy Bible kids music. I think that um their their influence and you'll hear about some of their musical influence is definitely evident in their songs. They've been compared to Simon and Garfunkel, and they have a Beatles-esque quality to them. So I think kids will not only fall in love with these Bible stories that they sing about, but they'll also learn lessons from them as well. Absolutely. In an organization, regular team meetings are a given. They keep people informed, help them achieve goals, and ensure everyone is on the right track. Weekly family meetings do the same. Not only do they allow you to see if you're spending your time and resources in a way that lines up with your family's values, but it also helps you approach each week with purpose. To help you get started having weekly check-ins with the ones that you love, we've created a free family meeting packet. It includes sample agendas and discussion topics. You can find the link in the show notes or go to the T-H-E familycultureproject.com to get your copy. Today, I'm talking with Brendan Parker and Eric Alexander. Brendan is a singer, songwriter, and guitarist. He resides in the Sooner State with his wife and high school sweetheart, Carrie, where he creates and performs family-friendly music alongside his friend Eric Alexander in the award-winning children's rock duo Spaghetti Eddie. Brendan and Carrie are the proud parents of James and George. Eric is a dad, husband, singer, songwriter, producer, engineer, film scorer, jungle writer, and multi-instrumentalist from Oklahoma City. He studied vocal music at Oklahoma State University and Oklahoma Christian University and holds a degree in liberal studies. When he's not involved with commercial music or worship music endeavors, he's usually can be found playing with Brendan Parker and Spaghetti Eddie. Eric and his wife Gina are the proud parents of Reagan and Grayson. Excited today to have on the podcast Brendan and Eric, who just released a new album called All of Us Bible Songs for Everyone. So, a question that we asked all of our guests, and we're going to ask Brendan first, is what is your family known for? Hello, thank you for having us. Um, we are excited to be on. My family is known, I guess that's, a, I've, you know what, this is, it's fun doing these types of things because I've never been asked that question before in my whole life. In any kind of interview. Oh, yeah, no. (laughs) Um, We're not necessarily known for anything in particular. I guess we're known for being a part of the community. We have, Mm -hmm. we do the music thing, which affects and impacts a lot of people from young and old, which is great. Mm -hmm. And I also have another job that my wife and I run a company together where we work in the community as well. Um, It's kind of a landscape type project job. So Mm -hmm. I guess we're known to be just in and around and about the community and, and doing good things, uh, while also. Mm-hmm. Right, what about you, Eric? That's a good answer, Brendan. I can see that. Thank you. Just, uh, he's a man of the people. <laughs> <laughs> we, this is a great question. I really, uh, we haven't, we've done a lot of these. We haven't had any of these kind of questions. Uh, 
for for us for the Alexander family, um, we are we are a music family, and my wife is a violinist. She's a professional violinist, plays in a couple of symphonies, and my kids play violin and uh, a couple other instruments. And um, I make music for TV and radio and movies and things like that, and produce and mm-hmm. sing on a bunch of commercials. So, I mean, this is kind of our 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 identity as a family is music. So, mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. We, we love doing that and uh, just going to church and being yeah. in Bible studies and doing yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, when I first started to, um, you know, develop the Family Culture Project, that was the question that I put out on Facebook. I'm like, when you think of the Amici's, what comes to mind? And it was so interesting um, to have people sort of tell us, like, what, what what they think of us when when they realize they're coming over our house or they know they're going to see us or um, so it's it's real fun to find out what other people think as well and then when you say okay that that is true about us you're you're good yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's a yeah, it's a really good idea it's yeah. a fun way to it's a good conversation starter or, yeah. or kind of like getting people thinking about what they are what their family does mean or what it looks yeah. like that that would be a good uh, description of it so good job yeah yeah. yeah. Okay, so I'd love for you guys to share a little bit about your story behind your collaboration and, you know, the why and how that you created music together. Hmm, I will start. I'll kick this one off because Eric and I have a long history together, Mm -hmm. uh, 10 years so far from when we first met to now. And the, the reason we got linked up together was because I... And I've been playing music forever. You know, my first guitar was is mid '90s, and I loved Nirvana, and I kind of started playing because of those bands back in the day, the grunge thing. Mm-hmm. So I wrote some stuff, and then I had one particular song in mind that I was trying to produce and record. And a fr- mutual friend of of mine said, "Hey, reach out to this guy. His name's Eric Alexander. He produces music, and I bet he could help you." So I literally got his number somehow, looked him up or whatever. We we connected and we did the song and we had a blast and he did a great job on it. And then I showed him some other stuff I was working on, which was, which ended up being the first Spaghetti Eddie album. Mm-hmm. So I had like four or five rough tracks that I wrote uh, as a gift to my goddaughter. And Aww. then, yeah, it, and it turned out really great. And like people liked the, the really rough stuff. So then I showed Eric and I was like, I wonder if these are doable. And he's like, yeah, of course. So, and he had just done one uh, similar album for, his church, I believe, that was uh, for kind of kids and families too. So, mm-hmm. or at least right around that same time frame. I might be wrong about yeah. the dates, but that was yeah. the way we first connected. And we have, we, it's like we're cut from the same cloth. We have very similar mindsets and senses of humor. And mm-hmm. we both like to work hard and get things done and enjoy ourselves. So, I think that was the initial, that kicked off the relationship. The collaboration just naturally happened every yeah every every time we have a project together we we'd get excited and then we started playing gigs together and then it just mm-hmm. became became what it is today which is great mm-hmm. yeah well that's awesome so now the <laughs> album is a bit of a departure from what you've done before so under the title spaghetti eddie you've created these f- fun um music for kids that talks about like the everyday like, you know, mm-hmm. waking up in the morning and, and brushing your teeth and all the stuff that goes along with being a kid and then character building as well. Um, and so you're doing something new. So talk to us a little bit about the contrast between the two, what, why you made the change and what that looks like. Eric? Man, I, I, I could answer this one, I guess. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I really, 
I think Brendan kind of hinted at it when earlier when he was talking about, well, we had long discussions when we first started this, uh, uh, I take it back. I take it back erase everything I just said. Okay. <laughs> when we first started this project, John Kenny, uh, who is a fan of spaghetti Eddie mm-hmm. got a hold of us. And, and, you know, we've had conversations with people after shows or when you meet them out and about that have ideas and, and nothing ever happens because mm-hmm. I mean, you know, musicians as a whole, we have all these grandiose ideas of things we should do and could do together because we collaborate well, or mm-hmm. we like hanging out with somebody, but it, they never happen and, or they seldom do. Well, when we met John, he had this idea as a guy who's retired and still finding loves in life of things he likes to do. And he likes to write lyrics and he's a Christian guy with grandkids and likes to tell mm-hmm. them stories and all those things, uh, kind of culminating into why don't we work together? You know, maybe I could get you guys cause I'm a big fan of the spaghetti Eddie sound. Maybe you could bring my lyrics to life. And, uh, anyway, uh, I mean, that's, that's how that's how it started with us, and uh, uh, we started working on. We did one song, right, Brendan? We did one yeah. song, and then after we got started, uh, it uh, and we realized that John liked it. Everyone John was showing it to liked it. All of our friends liked it. We did project number two, and then song number three. And about halfway through the record, and and you know one at a time, taking our sweet time because we were in no hurry. There was no mm-hmm. project really. It was just one off songs. We realized that this could probably be a record. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's how the that whole thing I think kind of came about. And yeah. Uh, yeah. the fun part about doing that is that not every song sounds the same. Mm-hmm. It's just a uh, one, one at a time. Mm-hmm. That would have been stressful. I think if he, if John would have handed us 10 songs at once. <laughs> yeah. Smart. He knew, he knew what he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> he was writing them as he went too so it worked out well so he'd get the song and the finished version that we would create and then yeah. he'd be already kind of working on a, a song and then it would take him a couple weeks to get it done and then we'd right. already have a new fresh kind of like musical palette to work with because yeah. that song was very it's almost like we can compare them to some of the songs we've already written in the spaghetti Eddie world like some have mm-hmm. similar we don't write super duper complicated music, but it sounds good and makes sense. And so we'd kind of be like, oh, this one has, this has more of a kind of a rock and roll sound, I think, mm-hmm. in my head. I hear that, you okay. know, so it worked out really well the way, of, the way it was done. Okay. Yeah. And so the previous stuff that you've written, did you do lyrics and music? And now this project, you're focusing on the music and John's doing the lyrics, correct? Correct. All of the albums that we had done previous to this, um, every, the songs were all, um, well, I guess I did, I did a lot of the work in, in that way. And then Eric and I t- teamed up together to really create the sound that you right. hear on the records. Right. These, with John for giving us lyrics, yeah. that was definitely a different, um, uh, a different way of doing it. But we loved it, really. I, yeah. I had a blast. Because it was fun to take someone else's idea and who had a similar mindset and say, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, I might have to take a few lines out of here or move this word over there or completely scratch one thing or something. Yeah. But Everyone worked out uh, to his liking, which was our job, really. And then yeah. once he kind of, like Eric said, once we got four or five songs deep, it was kind of like, we, we should maybe think about this being a, an album. And that's when yeah. it kind of kicked off to this, to what we're doing now, which is amazing. Yeah, I love that. New challenges are fantastic. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about the songs that's on this album. 
well, the, the, the album is composed of, well, a number of well-known Bible stories starting from the, the beginning to the mm-hmm. end of the life of Jesus. But we, we just basically took all the favorite lyrics that John wanted to talk about mm-hmm. and recorded them all in no particular order. Mm-hmm. But then when we were done, I just, we all kind of talked about it and it made sense to put them all in kind of a chronological order. So, you know, you end up with the story about creation and, and, uh, the early stories in the old Testament about, about, uh, Jonah and, uh, and the whale. And, uh, and then, you know, you progressively get into stories about, about Jesus being born and Jesus mm-hmm. life, death. And, mm-hmm. um, I mean, really we didn't have any preconceived uh, agenda about what we were going to do on those songs or how we would produce them. Like if this one has to be kind of Egyptian sounding or anything like that. No, we didn't. We just <laughs> yeah. good old spaghetti Eddie sound. Some of them were kind of upbeat, you know, yeah. just if the story's kind of upbeat, this, we kept the song upbeat. And yeah. if, uh, if it was a little mysterious, sometimes the, the music and the orchestration or the production value is a little mysterious, you know? Yeah. But just kind of uh, told the stories in a, in a fun way. Uh, we always joke that that everything we do, um, if it's gonna if it's gonna be Brendan and I working on it, it's gonna be a project that sounds a little bit like Weezer mixed with Simon and Garfunkel and a salad yeah. bowl. Uh, yeah. so if you like those two people, you know, or those I think that's what you've achieved. Yes, definitely. Um, I think the the lyrics are absolutely clever. Um, I found myself just chuckling at them and, um, and the music is good. Like you don't feel like you're listening to your kids music, you know, in the car. I know when I, my kids were little, um, you know, there was that, do I need to listen to this, this music over and over and over and over again? But when you find something that's enjoyable for you, for you as well, it's so great. That's such a great connection, point of connection with your child, but you don't feel bad putting that on every time you get in the car. Absolutely. That's great. Thank you for saying that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'd love to talk a little bit more about your families and the part that music has played in the families that you have today. Eric, you already talked about your family's love and practice of music. So tell me more about either of you. Tell me more about what what you found it's contributed to your family. Let me think on that. Um, <laughs> music in my so you're saying what? How does music impact my life and my family from yeah. from the very yeah, I mean, beginning? You basically, can even tell me. Yeah, and you can even I, I can even flip the question and say. What would your life be like without music? You know, oh like, I could, because I oh think boy. music is important to families and families culture. And so, you know, what are the benefits of it or what is, what is the absence of it produce? Either See, one, of one of us might be doing this interview from jail <laughs> without music. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll say this. When I grew up, growing up as a kid, my family mm-hmm. is, my mother plays piano, mm-hmm. doesn't really play much more, but, but played back in the day and that always intrigued me and we had a piano mm-hmm. in the house I took piano lessons and I I kind of lost interest in that once I became uh, a little more into sports and things like that mm-hmm. but reconnected with guitar and I oh there was always there was music in my household being played and normally it was Eagles mm-hmm. uh that's my parents music Eagles yeah. James Taylor um lots of Elvis younger older Elvis stuff um 
what were some other bands? Uh, like my dad liked Yes. I don't know if you've heard of that band. Yeah. So like yeah. kind of classic stuff. And I would learn those songs to, and the Beatles, I would learn those songs to impress my parents and show them, oh, look, here's the intro to Hotel California or whatever. Yeah. And so they've always been a supporter of me playing music and learning it. They've never pushed me or pressured me to do anything I didn't want to do. So mm-hmm. definitely music is a very was very important to me as a kid growing up. It was just like there was a soundtrack to my childhood in mm-hmm. terms of like, certain songs and music. Um, And that's definitely translated to me as an adult. And my kids love music. Now it's a little different though, because now you can go, Alexa, play Old Town Road. (laughs) And all of a sudden there's a song playing, you know, (laughs) or whatever song they're into at that, at the Imagine Dragons. They love that kind of poppy, fun, upbeat stuff. So it's definitely a different vibe in terms of how we consume music, but it's always there. It's always, there's always something happening musically, usually in in our house at, at any given point. Yeah. Wow. What about you, Eric? I mean, as professional musicians, how how does me what a, what role does music play in your home that you're not making? Um, I mean, it, just from just from top to bottom, uh, uh, my whole my whole life has been completely uh, immersed in music. I, mm-hmm. I mean, from the, my mom tells stories about how when I was a, a baby, even before I could walk, how I learned how to operate the stereo system. <laughs> and I knew what my favorite I knew what my favorite cassettes and eight tracks were and I knew how to put them in and which which one would you know show me what song I wanted to hear uh, I mean I just I grew up singing um, mm-hmm. I sang a whole lot growing up I was in a bunch of contests and things like that and my I had a music teacher that had a really uh, it was just really sweet kind of uh, led me in the right directions took me mm-hmm. to basketball games collegiate games where I was the halftime entertainment mm-hmm. And I got to sing the national anthem at a bunch of things growing up and talent shows and all that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I, there's just so much has happened with music in my life. It's kind of hard to narrow it down. But I, I, yeah. I will tell you that, you know, a lot of people, um, a lot of people don't really believe in, in like miracles anymore. But, uh, uh, you know, since we, we tell, we're, we're telling these Bible stories about things that miraculous things that Jesus have, has done, you know, and uh, I just had a discussion about this last night, but I'll tell you, music has, I've got some crazy stories with music that I could, that I won't bother <laughs> an hour of, but I mean, music led me to my whole family and my career and, and everything. I, I just, if I wouldn't have gotten the scholarship that I got, and that's a whole really cool story. But it's mm-hmm. by pure miracle that I ended up at Oklahoma Christian and met my wife and ended up having kids and all that mm-hmm. stuff. I got a music scholarship to tour around the country. I got a full ride. Uh, uh, and uh, I mean, just that miraculous story has just continued on. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't really even have a real music degree, but yet I do music for a living. Yeah. And uh, we just continue to be taken care of, you know. So yeah. and it's all through the, the power and gift of music. Yeah, I would. I will add to that that Eric is so far, and I've you know played with people here and there. He so far is the best musician I've ever worked with in mm-hmm. terms of talent. He can play any instrument for the most part. He can sing almost any note. I'm mm-hmm. not the same creature. Uh, mm-hmm. I can do things for sure, but I know I know the box I fit in yeah. and what I can and can't do because a lot of the stuff I write. And and perform. I I know I I write it knowing I can perform it live or something. Mm-hmm. Brendan but underestimates like, himself. Well, <laughs> I just mean that he's he doesn't have a music degree. I don't even have I I can't even sniff a music degree. But 
we found our way through the music world and we know what we can and can't do. And we found success doing the things we are doing currently. So if when people say as a professional musician, you're kind of like, it's, it's almost like a, like a, like a fake name or a fake title in a way, because yeah. I, I love what I do. And it doesn't feel like that is a, I don't know. It's almost like it's hard to describe, but either way, I love it. And, um, mm-hmm. It's it, it is a job, but it doesn't seem like one. It's a profession, but it doesn't seem like one. It seems more like we're every time we do a new project, it's something new to discover with ourselves and, mm-hmm. and with the world. So it's very it's it's something I very much love to do all I would love to do it all the time as a professional musician, but mm-hmm. one day we will get there, I guess. Yeah. Oh well that's fantastic. <laughs> all right. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on to talk about your new album and I'm excited for our listeners to check it out. Thank you thank so much. Thank you so much. Well, thank yes. you so much for having us. You can find Brendan and Eric at www.thespaghettieddy.com and at www.parkerandalexander.com. They're on Facebook as Spaghetti Eddie and Parker and Alexander. They're also on Instagram as Spaghetti Eddie OK and Parker and Alexander. I'll link to all of the places you can find them in the show notes. If you would like to connect beyond the podcast, you can find us over on Instagram. It's our favorite place to hang out and share the ups and downs of everyday life, what we get right and what we get wrong too. Plus we share the family hacks that have helped us build culture along the way. You can find me at Carl Amici. And you can find me at Kimberly Amici. Don't let the pretty pictures fool you. Our family culture is not about perfect. It's about purpose. To learn more about the Family Culture Project, go to thefamilycultureproject.com.